HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using Bento Box today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash chef. HRN is now on Kitsch, the first live streaming community for the food obsessed. Go to K-I-T-T-C-H dot com and find HRN in the channel's listing. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with George Milton, co-founder and CEO of Yellowbird Foods, the spunky, spicy, Austin-based hot sauce brand made with real fruit and veggies. Yellowbird has a cult following obsessed with their fresh, innovative flavors and limited editions. They're available online, on Amazon, and about 11,000 stores across the U.S., including Whole Foods, Safeway Albertsons, H-E-B, and Walmart. Welcome, George. Thank you so much for having me, Ellie. Well, I'm really happy you're here, and I'm excited because I think it's your like 10-year yellow bird anniversary. Uh, it's our bird anniversary, but you're close. <laughs> it's your bird anniversary. <laughs> um, so I, of course, I had a lot of fun researching for this one. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like. America or like capitalism or what, but like, there's just like, there's something great about two people wanting to eat something better that they love, you know, starting, you know, in the garden, making it in their kitchen, you put your cell phone number on every bottle. And 10 years later, you're in 11,000 stores. It's just, I don't know, there's something just like, wonderful about this story. And I think kind of the reason why we have such a culture of entrepreneurship, because it is kind of a dream. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. And also dream. really freaking hard. <laughs> yes. You may, you may know that, right? You you know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I'm recording this like literally on my bed. So like just for anyone who thinks that like I'm just like gallivanting around like I'm literally just like it, today was a big day. I'm just lying down for this recording for this one. Um but let's go back because, you know, I kind of I kind of, you know, skimmed over it, but basically it's 2012. You're in Austin. You were with your girlfriend at the time, who's now your partner. Yeah, she's in my partner. She's my partner. It. She's my co-founder. Yeah, we're we're partners yep. in every in every possible aspect of the work. In so. all the aspects. In all the aspects. And you wanted a clean label hot sauce that wasn't just you know kind of crappy, and you wanted it to have real flavor. And I mean, was there not enough hot sauce out there in Texas for you or like what, what happened? Yeah. Like, people ask me that all the time. Like, isn't there already a lot of hot sauce? And there is that, like, there is a lot of hot sauce. I was, there was a specific thing, like we, because we started it just organically, like we started it, I mean, literally organically, but like we started it to, to make something that we wanted. Right. So we weren't, we weren't thinking about the fact that, that you know, quote unquote, the market is crowded or like, mm -hmm. Oh, it's really saturated. So like we weren't thinking about it. Like MBAs, we were just like, we we're just like, Oh, we like, you know, we really like these more Eastern style so chili sauces that are thick and, you know, squeeze bottles and, you know, sriracha and, you know, sweet chili sauce and things like that. Yeah. But wish that there was a better you know, th th there was a better version of it that w that wasn't that didn't have so much junk in it. Yep. And um, you know, because the, the easy way to thicken a sauce is to put junk in it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like that's the cheap, easy way to do it. And that's kind of how you know condiments, like the industrialization of food, that's what it did to condiments. Was it's just like, yep. okay, well, what's the cheap kind of way to make this flavor or make this thing? And so, yeah, I think the industry in a large in a large way is is trying to pull away from that and say that like, hey, I think that we have the technology and like logistical know how to do better stuff too. And and there are people who will you know pay a higher price for food that's like real food. Mm -hmm. It's not we're not just trying to solve. It's like when the industrialization of food, the the first problem they were trying to solve was like. How do we feed so preserve many it. people? Yeah. We got so many people. How do we feed all these people and preserve this food and like make right. it last and make it cheap and all that sort of? And that's this is a long way to answer your question, but no, I'm picturing you guys in your garden having this discussion. <laughs> uh, we when we were we were just like in our you know because we moved we I think we had been dating for like six months when we moved to Austin and bought a house you know bought like a a foreclosure house that we still live in and started a hot sauce company. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, what a time, what a time yeah. it was. But, but the, I mean, the thing is like, yes, there's plenty of hot sauces, but we were making something like just for us that mm -hmm. kind of checked these boxes. Cause I'll tell you that I, before making a hot sauce, I, we went and looked for like, Hey, there's gotta be something already out there. I wasn't trying to make right. something that exists. I was like, Oh, I can just, yeah. Like what is like a healthy sriracha? Yeah, and there really wasn't right. It's like there, there's because the basis of that sauce is like sugar, so we couldn't find 
anything. And I kept trying to like, I tried for several years. I mean, before 2012, I had been looking for years for this type of like thick, squeezable chili mm. that was not a bunch of sugar and preservatives and I couldn't find it. So I just started, I just started like experimenting with stuff yeah. to like, Oh, I've got this final result in my mind that I want. And if I could just like figure out how to make it, I'll just have like an endless supply of exactly the hot sauce that I want. So it's really just selfishly. I wanted to make something that I really wanted. And then, yeah, it accidentally turned into a business, but. Well, you know, it's also like I opened the cooking school, um, in 2012 too. And, and it's interesting because I look back and I feel like, you know, I mean, Instagram was also launched in 2012. Like we, Oh wow. That's crazy. Happy 10 years to all of us. Yeah. Happy 10 years to all of us. But it's like interesting to me because eh, it might've been 2010. I think it was 2012. Pinterest might've been 2010. But my point is, is that like, even though it was only 10 years ago, it's almost like we're the people who are like, in my day, you know, you used to walk to school and take the, you know, it feels like forever ago because technology has sped up so much in these last 10 years with all of the stuff that we now just think of as like, you know, the way to build companies and brands and do commerce. But 2012 was a year of like, artisan chocolate and artisan mustard and you know it was it was like a resurgence of brooklyn it was it was like it was like foodie culture not not e-com digital d2c brand building culture and yeah, so for like, sure contextualizing you wanting something then because you know i i didn't really look much at the market either um because again, mine, you know, we made our sauces for our students that that's who we were making it for. So I think, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm still a huge believer in brands and businesses that aren't just like looking at white space and total addressable market and yada, yada. Cause I don't think that there's like soul there. And the thing that you have is like real soul. So in hey, two- thanks. Hey, yeah. Ellie, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, I don't know if it's you or your bird, but the yellow bird yes. has some soul. So you end up going to this hot sauce fest by the Austin Chronicle and you won. Um, what? Well, I think that fast, that fast forwards over the, the first year that yeah. I entered, I, I lost terribly. I did terribly <laughs> the first year. So you, wait, so you entered in 2012 and lost terribly and then you yeah. won the following year. So what did you That's do true. in between the loss and the win? A lot more, uh, a lot more hot sauce making for okay. sure. Like I have my, my, my kind of funny story, I guess, about the 2012 year, because 2012 they've got at the Austin Chronicle hot sauce festival, they have like a commercial category, they have a couple of categories. So there's like a commercial bottlers, there's a restaurant category, and then there's just an individual category, which is right. like, hey, you're, oh, yes. you know, just yeah. just some guy or some girl who makes hot sauce and you can enter it as an individual. So 2012, I entered as a, just as an individual and I, I had been like messing around with, I hadn't quite gotten the yellow bird recipe yet. It was, it wasn't, there was no name to it. It was just like George Milton's hot sauce. <laughs> and, um, 
and I had been like messing around with like fermentation and I had tried some weird stuff. And so I just entered whatever iteration I was currently on. And it was like pretty bad, like objectively bad. Right. <laughs> and um, I, I like scoped out, they have a, they have like a, a tasting tent. So what they do, what they, uh, at least what they were doing at the time, right. I think they've updated this a little bit over the years, but they would put everybody's stuff in like, a, like the same type of container and put a number on it. Uh-huh. So it also it was all very like anonymous. Right. But I went through the tasting tent and I was like, I know what mine tastes like. And I was like, oh, great. It's number 48 or whatever. Uh-huh. So I like went through the tasting line first and then I kind of like scoped out, you know, like a spot where I could see the people number taste. number 48, number 48. And I mean, like people like spit it, spit it out. I saw a couple of people spit it out on the ground. Like, oh, wow. Not like, yeah, I saw, I saw a bunch of like, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's maybe not it. Maybe not it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And so you fiddled around in your kitchen. By 2013, did you have the name yet or no? We did. Yeah, we did have the name. The name, uh, the name actually came to be in 2012. So that hot sauce festival was in like August of 2012. Right. And in the meantime, it was just like, like me and uh, me and Aaron were kind of just fiddling with the idea of like doing a little hot sauce brand, you, yeah. you know, just as a fun thing to do. We weren't thinking about making a, you know, cause now you can think about like, Oh, I'll just launch an e-commerce business. Right. Cause there's a, there's a pretty like, which I think is great, honestly, like it's yeah. a pretty, like, it's a pretty low stakes way to like, See if, it works. Yeah. Yeah, see, if, see if there's a market for it and stuff like that but we we didn't that that wasn't on our radar we were just like hey this would be a cool project to do so the yellow bird right. name ca- came about before the end of 2012 and we were still working on the recipe you know for for a little while after that too and tell me i mean first of all i just like names and brands and things get me very excited and Yellowbird's always been, it's, it's really good. Um, oh, and I, I don't know, it just, I feel like it has like the makings of like an icon without even trying, you know, and there's something about like the little bird, you know, like a little naughty, but also sunny and not actually like, not like the rooster, not, you know, not overly like, you know but like you know a little and just they're they're happy looking I mean I you know I did read on your website that they're um you know they're fun and they're free but I also think it's interesting that you you like consciously kind of moved away from a very sort of like you know male tough you know try this you know bet you can't handle this kind of vibe into something more fun and free, free spirited, which, you know, was clearly conscious on your part, but I'd love to hear about it from your perspective. Yeah. Well, when we were first, I mean, you're right to say that like the, the history of the history of like hot sauce as a commercial, you know, marketable kind of like category of, of, of goods is, fairly masculine i mean like the industrialization of uh, or the mass production of hot sauce in the u.s is really like tabasco right and Mm -hmm. 
their you know version one for them was they were just repackaging empty cologne bottles like mm-hmm. men's cologne bottles so it's like very just kind of even even without trying to be it was very masculine and a lot of the you know a lot of the growth of like the hot sauce category for a long time was propped up by like niche stuff and very like you know demons and like flames and mm-hmm. you know skull and crossbones and so i don't know like when we were <laughs> yeah yeah it's very and, and it's very much like a we we actually read some uh, found some research recently that was talking about like you know most men sur- i guess surveyed or research studied in this in this report were would eat spicy food for for like the feeling that it gave for like the clouts or yeah. like the chat the challenge and then you have like women who would eat spicy food because they genuinely like spicy food yeah. which like what what a crazy concept to eat something yeah. because you like because you like it like um yeah but we 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 were trying to we were we were trying to do something that was like not i guess feminine not feminine right because it's not really Mm-mm. it's not like i wouldn't call it feminine branding but it's very like it's very like non it's not it's not like machismo we didn't want it to be like we didn't want it to be like hey this is gonna melt your face off brother you know we didn't want it to be like hulkamania brother like i feel like that's what like like that's the vibe like the vibe of hot sauce was very like mid-90s like wwe like come on we're gonna smash (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean the, the process i mean of course like aaron uh did all of the brand and all the all of the creative which is um, so cool too you know yeah I mean, yeah she, guys, she's pretty cool it's it, i mean you you picked a partner that you ended up being able to found a company with which is good for both of you um and then the next year this is 2014 you were in this thrill list review versus sriracha which was serendipitous from what i read um which did that kind of put you on the map a little bit yeah it i mean that put us on the map in a big way that we were not ready for like we were doing i think at the time we we were like uh we were we were in a couple of local grocery stores and so like the first grocery grocery store we got into was a local co-op called wheatsville here in Austin, which shout out to Wheatsville. They're an awesome, awesome local co-op grocer here in Austin. Um, but that was the first like grocery store that carried us. And so like, I think it was either me or Aaron. I think Aaron was doing a, was like doing a in-store sampling mm-hmm. of hot sauce and the writer from Thrillist like came by and was like, Hey, we're going to write an article about y'all. It's going to come out next week or whatever. And she was like, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> neat. And then we saw it and the, and it was like an, I mean, it was like a national, yeah. you know, that was, that was basically like, you know, Yellowbird is going to dethrone, you know, Hui Fong Sriracha. And at the time it was literally just me in like a commissary kitchen. It was just oh. me and Aaron, like just, just kind of hoofing it. Right. And I was like, and so we started, we got all this press and we had our stuff like listed on the website. We weren't, we didn't, we didn't really know much about like D to C or, there wasn't really much D to C, honestly. Like, there wasn't a lot, but we did have it. But, you know, we had it set up to right. Like, you could buy stuff from a website, but the way that we think about direct to consumer now, it just 
you know, it just wasn't developed then. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't start using that, the acronym T to C until like, I don't know, 2018 or something. I don't way too late, but, but uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it like blew up our website and it was for a little while, a lot more than we could, you know, I was like in there, like, you know, like cooking hot sauce for right. you know, a hundred hours a week. And then we would be like, you know, we'd be, we'd be packing it all up and like taking it down to the post office. And they thought, I, they, I don't know what they thought was going on, but I would just like show up at the post office, like every five or six hours with like another load of like hot sauce. And Amazing. I, yeah, it was a crazy, that was a crazy time. And what do you think you, I mean, what do you think you learned in that experience? Like, and, and I guess the bigger question is, was that when you were like, okay, now, now I am going to be doing this. Like now, this is sort of now my career. Like, well, I think, I think the, now this is my career moment happened when we launched in Whole Foods and it, that was still, I think probably too soon to quit my day job, but we'll get to that. Um, but, but I think the, like, what, what I learned with that first, with that first, like, thrillist hit was we had, you know, I don't know if I want to say thousands of orders because I mean, it was easy for us to get overwhelmed at the time with like hundreds of orders. So we had at least, you know, hundreds of orders coming in like a day. Um, and for, for a while we were just like, okay, trying to keep up with it. And, and it didn't hit, you know, for, it wasn't for a few weeks, you know, when it started to slow down, when we were like, Oh, holy crap. Like we've just sent this stuff out to, you, you know, over, over the course of, you know, three or four weeks, like thousands of people right. who had never heard, who had never heard of us and just kind of ordered it because they were like, Oh, I got to see what this, you know, that, that early ad- adopter crowd. And, and we were like, Oh, holy shit. Like, I guess we're going to find out if, you know, I was, I was, I was right. yeah, I was going back to that, you know, watching people try number 40, you know, sauce number 48 at the hot yeah. sauce tent. And like, I'm like, Oh, holy shit. Like I was just kind of focused on getting orders out the door. And now I've realized that like, there's thousands of people who I could get an email from and like demanding their money back or being like, Hey, this stuff sucks or whatever. But people right. like, like people really liked it. Like thousands of people. Yeah. Like, like we got emails from people. It was like, Oh, this stuff is great. Or how did you do this? Or like whatever. And, and we were like, Oh man, I think that this is, a th- you know, that was like the first kind of feeling that I was like, I think this might be a thing. Yeah. I think, I think we made, I think we made it, we kind of had this like moment where we were like, I think we, I think we might've made a thing. Yeah. That's a great moment. Um, I mean, I feel like every entrepreneur can think back on like their, there are lots of little ones, but there's usually one where like, I think we might have made a thing. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and talk a lot more. Great. Be right back. Did you know that over 70% of diners research a restaurant online before ordering from or going in person? Your digital front door is more important than ever. Let Bento Box design and build you a beautifully branded website. Bento Box websites provide sleek design and seamless content management, creating impactful first impressions and converting visitors into customers. And with built-in commerce and marketing tools like online ordering, gift cards, automated email, and more, you can also grow your revenue and keep your diners coming back. 
Join over 8,000 restaurants that leverage Bento Box to power their digital presence and deliver great hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash chef. HRN is excited to announce that we've launched our channel on Kitsch, the new food-centric live streaming video platform for interviews, cooking classes, and more. In April, in collaboration with Kitsch and the Mushroom Council, we're celebrating Earth Month with delicious, nutritious, and sustainable mushroom recipes. Check out the latest videos on our channel to see Eat Your Heartland Out host Capri Cafaro, Jupiter's Almanac host Matthew Rayford, and Item 13 host Yorimaku Aku moderate recipe demos with chefs Jeremy Fox and Ali Rosen. Join us at K-I-T-T-C-H dot com to become part of the first live streaming community for the food obsessed. I'm back with George Milton, CEO and co-founder of Yellowbird. Um, okay, so going back to the thrill list thing, because I did notice in the 2014 review, they did say something about like on the on the bottle, like you didn't say how to use it or you didn't say what you could do with it. It was not exactly just like a put it on type of hot sauce thing. It There's more to it. And I'm only asking this question because it's one of the things that we face as a brand, which is, you know, to us, chimichurri in a squeezy pouch you know, if you would ask me in, in 2018, does it need explanation? I would have said, no, you put it on whatever you want to put it on your eggs, your steak, your potatoes, you just squeeze it. It's sauce. It doesn't like I, I'm, you know, and what I've learned over the last four years is that literally people are like, what do I do with it? How do I use it? What does it go on? What's a recipe? All of these questions that, you know, I didn't know I was going to have to answer that now is all I spend my time thinking about is how am I going to educate people on how to use tahini and romesco and harissa and chimichurri? And how do you, why, how do you use a pouch? Which to me is very intuitive as opposed to a bottle or a jar. And why is it in the refrigerated section? Which again, to me is very intuitive because I know that it's just because it's like homemade. But all of this requires a lot of messaging. Um, and I'm wondering if that was one of the things that you kind of took away back then. Like once you leave your look, your nest, right? Of like the people that know you and love you and you're starting to spread your wings. I like, I like and, that. It's very bird centric. Keep those bird puns coming. And like, yeah. you know, you're, you're out there now. Like, yeah. you're out there and and to your point like the world can be kind of harsh um and fortunately we have a lot more people in the world that love us than don't love us but there's also a lot of people that just simply don't understand it because they haven't seen it before they don't know what to do it's not as intuitive to everyone even though it feels like it could be or should be 
Did you change your messaging as you got bigger? Did you start explaining more? Did you focus more on food or how it can be used or like what? Yeah, I think, think is I think that, um, yeah. I, I don't want to say that it changed because I, I remember like when we first started like doing in-store demos or whatever, which yeah. was a, 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 a lot of years ago. And probably the first time I got that question was like 2013 you know, and it was at first, I thought that it was a dumb question. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I've been asked that question, like hundreds of 1000s of times, probably, yeah. or, or just like our team, our, our yeah. company has been asked that quite like our number one question is, it's hot sauce, what am I supposed to do with it? What do I do with it? Right. And yeah. it's something that like, I thought would be like, you you've heard of hot sauce, like you can put it on I don't know, whatever, like you have something that you want it to be hot, right? Like, you know, but like, it's, I mean, we can do a demo or a sampling or something and be like, Hey, this, this hot sauce would be good on, you know, on your eggs in the morning. And like a light bulb goes off for people. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, this would be good on eggs, you know? And it's like, it makes perfect sense to you, but it's like the, not everybody thinks about what you think about every day or what I think of, you know, like what I think about every day. And so I think about like, certainly like our messaging is like, not only what is it, but how to use it. Cause I think that the, like the greatest trick in the world, you look at um, a company like a, like a one steak sauce and they're like, they've got, I mean, they've got all the distribution and sales that they're probably ever going to get for A1 steak sauce. So now they're trying to be like, oh, you can put it on fish too, or like put it on your breakfast tacos or what. I mean, you like, you can put all, you can put any of this stuff, like anything, anything that falls in the like seasonings or flavorings category. Like, it's amazing to me how much like you walk down the seasoning aisle and people are like, fish fry sauce, right. you know, salad dressing, you yep. know, uh, uh, curry, curry sauce, or this yep. sauce is for chicken, the, you know, this dry seasoning is for pork, and this other one is for steak, this is steak seasoning, this is brisket right. rub, and it's like, you look at the ingredients for brisket rub, and you're like, okay, there's salt, there's pepper, there's paprika, there's right. a little bit of brown sugar, like, uh, this would be good on many things, Yes, you know, but like, so much of that, so much of that market is like, what do I do? Like, what do I do with this stuff? Because for, I think for the average person, like you give them a container of cumin and it's like, okay, well, what, like, what do I do? What do I do with cumin? Like, what do I do with any of this stuff? You know, it's crazy. No, I always talk about like when, you know, because I mean, you know, we're not only like sauces that people don't necessarily know what to do with, but they're in a pouch, which is like confusing to them. And they're in the refrigerator, which is like, what? And, you know, a lot of times when we're, you know, when we're talking about it with buyers, even, you know, we, I, I always reference like Sabra in 2009, right? Like nobody knew what to do with hummus. It was brown and it was in a tub. And they were like, what is this? And buyers had no clue where to put it. Did it go in produce? Did it go in dairy? Did it go, like, where did it go? They, and you know, now there's like a 10 to 20 foot hummus set in every store across the country. So, you know, I was talking to Jing the other day from Fly by Jing and she was saying the same thing. Like people don't, everyone is excited about chili crisps, but they don't, 
they don't know what to do with it. And she's like, literally just put it on everything. Put it on stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, I think that consumer education piece is the big, at least for me, the big thing that shifted that minute that I was like, Oh, I think we're on to something was the same minute that I was like, Oh wait, we have a lot of work to do explaining what this is. And it was like exciting, but it was also at the same time that felt like a lot. I'm still not sure. Like I'm still, we're still working on that. I think we're going to be working on that for the lifetime of the company. Um, I think you will. I mean, I, I don't think that you're wrong about that because like, uh, let's, I mean, take Heinz ketchup, for instance, like, mm -hmm. There are people who use ketchup on other stuff besides burgers and fries, and and we all think that those people are crazy. But it's just it's just like sauce. You can put it right. on anything. Yep. But, yeah. But like creating creating context, and I like the um the the fly by Jing videos. I I really like because I think they do a pretty good job of of like concisely connecting. Like, hey, look look here's a like we source these different ingredients. We put them in this jar and then you put, you put it on anything. And yep. they, they kind of like tell that story over and over again in a concise way. So I, I, I like that. I think that they're yeah. doing cool stuff with like educating people on what it is. I mean, Chili Crisp isn't new, right? But, right. <laughs> but, but some, but somehow they've like, you know, hot sauce isn't new either, but like right. somehow, somehow there are, you know, folks in the category who are, you know, who are like revitalizing yeah. the education of it, right? Because like, I, I would say that, you know, the like Tabascos of the world have, have kind of, you know, they kind of are what they are. People, yeah, people aren't really doing new stuff with Tabasco and Tabasco is not really giving people any new stuff to do with Tabasco either. Because I think that you can, there's kind of two ways that it can go, right? Like the brand can tell you, here's how you do it or or like just like culture can tell you yeah like people can create things on their own I, I think that you're if you just wait for like culture to kind of make your stuff relevant I think that you're I mean I think that you're gonna like go out of business before that ever happens right but it does but yeah. seem though that like in the hot sauce world um culture has definitely been a nice tailwind like i think you know the market you know even though like you said at the very beginning it's not like you and aaron were like in the garden thinking about like the addressable market and like the growth of the market and like where you fit into the market but now that you're in this business and you've been doing it and you're in ten thousand stores you probably do think about the market a little bit and it just keeps growing it's a it's like it's a big market and it's and i i guess i think that's that seems to me to be that culturally at least the american palette has expanded a lot in the last you know 20 years certainly the last you know 30 40 years has gotten you know has changed from you know just a diversity perspective where people are from what kind of foods they grow up on People are much more interested in global flavors, you know, but I mean, how do you think about it just when you do think about the market and, you know, the category and 
the opportunities and regionality and all of it? Like how, how do you usually think about it? If you were sort of going to just like give a blurb on like your place in the market and the market in general, how do you think about it? Well, I mean, I do think more about the market now than I used to, but the, um, I, I mean, the market in general, like every, every brand that can add a spicy skew is going to do it. Right. It doesn't make sense for every brand. Like maybe if you're an ice cream brand or a kombucha brand, but even ice cream brands and kombucha brands are adding, you know, spicy ginger tonic Mm -hmm. or spicy habanero peach ice cream. What you like, there are plenty of brands that where you're like, Oh, I didn't think that made sense, but now they've got a spicy skew. So, I mean, stuff is going to keep going spicy and, and and more global too. And there's, there's like, with some of our small batch stuff, we try to introduce some more like, you know, some more global flavors. Now we're not, we're, we would never say that we're like an ethnic food brand, but right. you're, you're absolutely right that like, like I grew up, uh, my, my family is, is, uh, is Lebanese. So like half, I'm half Lebanese. So I grew up, like you talk about like when hummus first hit shelves and, and I was like, I was like part of the crowd that was like, yeah, I know exactly what to do with those. Right. <laughs> um, but, but like the, you know, spicy foods and kind of like these more, uh, these things that aren't just like, you know, red meat and potatoes and mm-hmm. that, I, that idea of American food is, is, is like dying. I, yeah. I mean, not, not in a bad way. I, I mean, no, it's, it's like, good way. It's, yeah. it's becoming, you know, like when people, I feel like it, it was a thing for a long time when people were like, oh, this is American fusion. This is a, you know, Tex-Mex fusion restaurant. I feel like that word is getting used and I don't work in restaurants, but I feel like that word is getting used less and less. Cause we all kind of understand that it's like, it's like all fusion, like it's all fusion yeah. now. Everything. That's what we're yeah. That's what we all, that's what we all are kind of like into like, okay, like Korean barbecue, like, you know, like, I I don't know, I can go to, I, I, we went to a, um, we went to a Japanese, we went to a restaurant that did like Japanese Mexican food. And you didn't have to say like, we we were, we were in LA with our team for like a trade show a while ago. We went to like a Japanese taco, whatever place. And it was all like, it was all delicious food, but it was like, okay, well you can, wrap some of these things in a tortilla or like ro- roll it in, you know, seaweed paper. And like, what's the, di- what's the difference? Like right. if it tastes good, just put it in my mouth, you know? So like, yeah, I think that's like spicy, spicy is a big part of that. And I think, it, I think it's cool. I mean, the market for like spicy stuff keeps growing. Obviously the amount of companies that are making spicy stuff is growing too. So. Right. And so, I mean, and that's, is that the balance a little bit? Like, it's bigger and bigger, but it's also more competitive. Like, do you feel the heat of competition? Get the pun there? I no, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we do. We do feel it. We do feel it. And I think that like, um, you know, I, I would say that there are, that there are brands that we, um, that we compete with. And I mean, I'll name a couple of the brands cause I don't really, you know, I, I, I referenced Tabasco, but I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily compete with like directly with Tabasco. Right. We kind of play in like the hot sauce 2.0. I'm using air quotes, you know, yep. and it is an audio medium, but two foot hot sauce 2.0 is kind of like right. the category that we play in. Yep. And there are, there are some really cool 
you know, competitors in that space that are more modern brands. And I think, you know, like Fly by Jing is a great example right. where like, you know, their chili crisp, it's not necessarily hot sauce, but it kind of, it kind of fits in that category right. of spicy condiment that you put on your food to make it delicious and spicy. Right. And it's, it is like their message is clearly that it's for like, yeah, it's for like the like um the modern consumer, right? Yep. Like, there's not you know, you, you they're not there's nobody putting this on like nursing home food anywhere, um, and that's kind of like I would say that there's companies like um I don't know Mike's Hot Honey is a good one, Truff sure. is a you know Truff is a good one, where you've got these brands that um that are that are looking for a for a more modern angle on like what does like what does hot sauce mean? And, and so, yeah, the, the like competition is, is real, but it is, um, it's exciting too. It's exciting yeah. to be like part of the, you know, it's like if you open a restaurant, like if I opened a restaurant and I was competing with like, I would, I would not want to, op- I would not open a restaurant and think about competing with like TGI Fridays. Right. right. I, that That's kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, I, like if I opened a restaurant, I would, you know, I would think about competing with like, like chefs and like like modern like cool restaurants i think which brings the whole which brings the area up i mean i think there are a couple things about condiments in general and things that you put on things right like one is something that amrit like who was a guest on the show a couple of years ago said to me that was like one of my favorite all-time quotes and i don't know if you'll totally get it but she was basically like condiments are like lip glosses essentially like you don't choose one very few people are like i will only use this one cherry chapstick like you have a bunch of them and depending on your mood and depending on the day and depending on the weather and depending on what you've got you know handy what you're wearing like you want an array of them which i always loved the the idea of it's not a winner take all it's not you know i mean mayo might be you know you might have one mayo that like is your mayo but you know for for the most part people who like condiments love trying different condiments and love playing with them and having them you know whenever they want and I think from like you know and I don't know if this is how you're thinking about it but you know from an exit perspective right it's not just like each one of the big strategics is only going to have one condiment that they're, I mean, that's not how it works. They're not like, okay, now I've bought Cholula. That's the end of that, you know, for me. Right. Like, so, I mean, I only think about it. I only think about competition really in terms of just like knowing who your core people are and knowing what they need and knowing how to talk to them because you know, there might be these other players out there, but you're not talking to people the way Truff is talking to people. No, you know? that's absolutely and, right. And it's like, cool, because, you know, once you know who you are and you know who you're talking to, I feel like that is the work of, like, you know, year three to to six. You know, the beginning years are just, like, trying to figure out, like, is this even a thing? Are people going to buy this? Is there any customer for me? can I even make this? Right. Um, and then, and then you go into this sort of like, okay, now I know I got those fundamentals. Now I got to really figure out like, 
why us? Who's our person? How are we helping them a little bit? And it seems like you've really figured that out, which is, I guess, why I asked the question. And so moving on, like you have figured it out in a lot of ways. You have this like, you have a great Amazon business. You have food service. You have really strong wholesale, not just wholesale, you know, Whole Foods, but you have wholesale Walmart and you have wholesale REI. Like you are omnichannel within the channels, which is really cool. Um, and so I guess, you know, are you actively, you know, because that's a pretty special position to be in. Um, and I guess just how do you, how do you think about that? How did you build that out? Were you conscious about how you were building out your sales channels or did it just kind of happen organically? Is there did you hire specifically for someone to like go build out a great Amazon business or a great Walmart business or tell me about REI. I want to hear all of the sales. Yeah. So our, uh, we have our, our sales director, uh, came from, um, his name is Daniel and he, we've been, uh, we've been really good friends since we were 14 we ran cross country track together in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, but he, um, you know, like I, I asked him to come be our first salesperson back in 2017. We still didn't okay. have a salesperson. We still didn't have a salesperson who wasn't me at right. that point. Um, and he had sales experience. Yeah, he had been doing, he had been, he had been working in the, in the, in the like athletic attire industry. Okay. So uh, running shoes and, uh, and, and things, you know, things of that nature. He'd worked right. at several running, running companies. And, um, but I mean, I think the cool thing about Daniel, obviously a lot, I think a lot of cool things about Daniel, because he's, <laughs> you know, we, we've been, we've been best friends for what, like, I don't know, 25 years or something, yeah. a long time. But, um, but like, he, he doesn't, he, 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 he like refuses to get, to get bogged down in these kind of like, you know, and I'm the same way, but like refuses to get bogged down in these, like, this is, there's one way to use this thing. And there's one, you know, you're going to go to the, you're going to go sell it in a grocery store and that's it, right? Like mm -hmm. you're going to have this grocery store strategy and we're going to go do grocery store, right? We're, we're our food products or we're going to go sell next to food products and grocery stores. And that's all we're ever going to do. So, um, I mean, we like the development of our sales strategy and like, yeah, I'll put that in quotation marks because right. it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like we launched with like a, you know, in 2013 with like, here's our go-to-market strategy. Right. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of it was figuring out where our, we, we just, we just try to figure out where our people are. And right. I do think that, you know, to kind of, you, you mentioned this, but like figuring out who, like figuring out who you are. I mean, this is an important, like uh, lesson for life, right. Is to figure out like who you are and what you do, like, and who you're not right. That, that like, okay. anytime you ask, a, I think any first year founder, especially somebody who comes from like who founds who starts a company like organically like we did you ask any first year founder like who's your target customer and the answer will be like unanimously 
everyone. everyone. This, pro yeah. this product is for everyone. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who eats food, this yeah. product is for anybody who eats, food, you know, and we all think that was our, like, that was our answer in our year one. Who is this product for? It's for everyone. And yeah. like, you can't, that's wrong. It's not for yeah, everyone. The first thing I say when I'm talking to people is like, please don't say everyone. Please don't say everyone. Please don't say everyone. <laughs> but it's 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 not just the fact that somebody says everyone, and I'm talking about like what like I did this too, right? Like I did this in yeah, my like in, in my like year one. It's not just the fact that they that people say my products for everyone. It's the way that they say everyone. It's the way that I like I remember how like you know I you know this little smug kind of little smile that I had like oh my product yeah my products for everyone you know like it's. It's just kind of that, like, no, your product's not for nobody's products for everyone. Right. Like everybody has a customer and then they have like the majority of people on the planet that are not their customer. Like right. the majority of the majority of people on the planet, unless you're Coca-Cola are not your customer. Right. So like figuring out who your customer is, is really powerful and like figuring out where they are. And that, I mean, like figuring out, yeah. Where are where are customers like where do they where do they yeah. shop? Where do they eat? Where do they live online? What what are they doing? Yeah. And so like that really informs like the types of places now that we go after. And I'll say that like I, I want to give Daniel plenty of credit with REI because like we uh he was like he was like, hey, I you know, I I wanna pitch I wanna pitch REI. And I was like, that sounds ridiculous. Like, they're not going to carry hot sauce. And he was like, look, I've got a theory that our customer is there, right? Yeah. And that if I can get, you know, if we can get them to try it, that, you know, not not every hot sauce company's customer is at REI, but our right. customer is at REI. Yep. You know, like, like so Fly cool. by yeah. Fly by Gene probably wouldn't find their customer at, right. at REI, right? Because we have a different customer. This is what I love about it. And that's why when I heard about it, you know, we, you know, we have a mutual, I don't know what we want to call him, friend in the business. And he always talks about you guys with REI because it's one of the things that I was really excited to talk about with you because I feel like for everyone listening, like, you know, most of the people listening from what, the people that write me, at least that are listening are, you know, a couple of years behind you know, where we are now. Um, and they're just starting to think about this stuff, but you know, it can feel very much like if you don't get whole foods global, you're done. Or, you know, if you don't get sprouts, you know, you're never going to have a, a business and not to say that you did this because you didn't get those things. But I think what's cool about it is that a, your like your point about where is your customer there are all of these channels especially you know not in my case but especially if you're shelf stable there are all these customers out there that are just like looking for things like you that are are the cap to your bottle and they don't necessarily you know you could get lost on a shelf at whole foods with the other hot sauces but you find the right sort of place to have your your product that isn't necessarily where it's expected it's also like a few years ago i interviewed lindsay the founder of this i don't know if you know it but it's a laundry detergent like household brand called the laundress okay and they sold to unilever for you know 100 something million dollars a couple of years ago and 
her whole thing was like, they made laundry detergent that was not available at a grocery store. It was available at high-end boutiques and it was available at nice pharmacies and it was in gift baskets because they knew that like Unilever had enough shelf space at the grocery store. They didn't need more shelf space in the laundry detergent aisle, but they knew that they were looking for alternative distribution channels and places where their customer might be that they're not necessarily reaching because that's not where they are. So now all of a sudden they not only gave, you know, gave Unilever, like sold to Unilever this product, but they gave them this whole arm of reaching out to people and being sort of in places where they didn't have an arm before, which is just really exciting to me. You know, I think again, for us, it's harder because of the refrigeration, but it's something that I just want people like listening to have like to look at optimistically um, because I think it's really cool and it's a really good business for you and you are where people are looking for you. And by the way, it makes total sense like to go on a hike and bring my hot sauce, you know? Um, Can you tell me about Walmart too while we're on it? Because they're almost the opposite in a way. Yeah, I mean, what do you you wanna know? We've had some- Well, people are scared of Walmart. And they're scared. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Walmart, your other, comp- you know, other stores aren't as thrilled. They're scared about the pricing. They're scared about um, keeping up with the orders. They're scared about doing business with them in general. There's a lot of cautionary tales, but you like it. Yeah. Well, I think that I'll, I'll say that like there are things about work, working with Walmart that I like and and they're like every retailer every 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 customer that we that we have there are things that I like about all of them um and and those things are different like the things the things that I like about Walmart are different than the things that I like about Whole Foods right they're very different they're very different you know types of uh, companies but like Walmart so we we do Yellowbird does all of our own manufacturing we do a lot of our own um logistics and operational uh stuff and and like work that's what walmart is really good at right Mm -hmm. and i think that we're you know we're not like i i've read also all of the like cautionary tales of like oh like levi's you know had 98 percent of their business was walmart and then walmart said hey you got to give us a 20 Mm percent discount on and they couldn't do it and they basically you know went bankrupt and all of this sort of stuff. So I, I, I will start by saying that like Walmart is not, you know, we're not like a Walmart only um, right. brand. We're in, we're just in Walmart in Texas. So we're not, we're not in every Walmart everywhere, but it's important that we be in Texas because we are like, we're everywhere in Texas. Because right. we're Like we're a very Texas brand. So we have, like, there are a lot of our customers who are at Walmart, you know, who are at HEB and, you know, that are not like shopping Whole Foods every week. And, and so like, we knew that it was important to be there, especially like in this region. Yeah. But yeah, when we first launched there, we did have, you know, there were some, there were some pricing issues with other retailers and we did have to, you know, we did have to find kind of a balancing act of like, how do we make this, you know, how do we make this work? 
with the same skew on the shelf at Walmart as as Whole Foods. And there's no, I mean, there's no silver bullet answer to that. But I would say that right. like probably the the bigger you are in those retailers, the more they're going to look at it. And you know, hot sauce is never going to be the best selling item at any grocery store. Right. So that's part of it. But like another part of it is just like Walmart is very is they're very straightforward to work with, right? Like they is kind of they do I mean they do a really good job of like of anybody who does demand planning, you know, Walmart's very good at demand planning. Like their, you know, their 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 back end system, while not always the most intuitive, is like it gives you all of the information that you could ever need. Like Walmart doesn't try to they, they don't try to hoard their data right. like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of distributors and retailers who are like this data is going to cost you and you're like well this data is just going to help us be a better supplier right, right. like right. <laughs> so so like if i if i understand you know some store level stuff about my category or about my items in particular or about lead times or whatever then i can be a better supplier and like there are a lot of tools that Walmart gives you and says like, Hey, we want you to be, or like, not, we want you to be like, we demand that you are, that you deliver on time and full that you're, you know, that your products are, you know, high quality, that we're not having recalls, that you're not missing appointments. And we're like, great, we want the same things. Right. So like in that aspect, they're, they're very good to work with. And I think, you know, Walmart is also like people, our experience at least has been that people go more to a place like Whole Foods to discover something new mm-hmm. than to Walmart. Like that's, that's just the nature of those retailers. It's like Walmart's not a place that people, people go to Walmart for, I mean, Walmart's deal is kind of like, you know, everyday great value. That's their, yeah. de- that's their whole deal. So like Whole Foods is kind of like a wonderland for yeah like a food wonderland for adults, you go there and you want to discover something new and you want to smell what it smells like at the bakery and like, Oh, what beer, what beer is on tap today? Or like, yeah. you, you want to like, you want to have like a good time there, you know, but yeah. that's not the, that's not the reason that people shop at Walmart. And so like, we have a harder time at Walmart, like driving trial, you know, to do right. some industry speak, like it's way harder for us to get somebody to like, pick our stuff up off the shelf at Walmart. Whereas like, it's not, I want to say it's easy at Whole Foods, but people are there for it. Like if you just go, I, I know that I said this about like the, the, the hot sauce festival and now it's just going to sound like I'm a creep, but like I go, I will like go watch the hot sauce section, yeah, you know, at some of these different stores and you can watch like at Whole Foods, people will like get, see the colors and the yep. different bottle and they want to t- like people want to touch stuff and yep. turn the bottle like how does it feel in my hands and what you know let me read the yeah. ingredients label and when you go watch the hot sauce set at like walmart people most people in walmart like go straight to the price per ounce what are my, what's my price per ounce yeah what i you know and um and that's that's harder to sell on if you especially if you're if you've got a higher price per ounce yeah. then you know, some of the competition. And you certainly have to be ready for it. Um, you know, and and have your, have your real ducks in a row, you know, to, to be able to handle that. I mean, I think, you know, going back just for the last couple minutes, like, you know, I always talk about this, but 
in, you know, the first thing I learned about when I was studying, you know, food policy and agriculture is just, you don't plant one seed. You just, you can't like, that's why you get potato famines and blights and that's, you know, monocultures are just deadly for a lot of reasons. And that's why any opportunity to have like a couple of different things growing at the same time is just smart. Um, I really love that analogy. Mono, yeah. Monoculture. Yeah. Monoculture as an evil thing is like, it's a good analogy for. It's, I mean, I think it's a good, you know, diversity argument just in terms of like everything, right. Having, having different things growing in your company at any given time mean that you will have protection from the blights, but you'll also have enriched soil and, you know, like lots of different ecosystems. And, you know, so what I, you know, I'm just looking at it and it's like, like I said, you have bottles in restaurants, but you also have high-end grocery stores and you have more, you know, value grocery stores and you also have non-food stores, you know, it's, and you have Amazon, which is cool and direct. So anyway, congrats on all that. Um, before we leave, just, you know, anything that you wish someone had told you or that you would like to share that you've been thinking about, you know, I, like I said, a lot of people listening are, this is become sort of a podcast for like food incubators and things like that. Like I I'm thrilled to hear it because it really isn't like how I built this. It's like how the bleep am I going to build this? Because it is hard and it just got a lot harder. Um, so if you could just, you know, speak to the people directly, <laughs> you know, what, what do you want to tell them then, you know, who are five, seven years behind you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that we've talked about it a little bit today, but what, like when we look, when we look at marketing and advertising, the most expensive thing that you can do when marketing a product is steal somebody else's customer. Like that's the, it's the most inefficient thing that you can do is steal somebody else's customer is say, you know, I'm going to start a business where I steal all of Cholula's customers mm -hmm. so that's a very very like, smart astute point yeah well it's just like you can just look at like at like marketing data which is really great like there's like digital marketing data is just so so much greater than like what you could ever get from like advertising in store or on tv or whatever but like that's the that's the most inefficient thing that you could do so like finding finding your own niche um i'm trying to think of a way to say this concisely but like yeah. finding a place where you can succeed even if it's very small yeah. um having being able to have to build success upon success that's what you want like what you want what you don't want is to go out and launch 4000 walmarts and 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 then do mediocre that's that's not what you want right what you want is to is to sell to 100 people at a farmers market and crush it and and take that success and go sell to uh, you know 1000 people 
at, yeah. on, you know, on a, from a website or on Reddit or Etsy and then crush that and then yeah. go into, and then go into like a regional grocer and then crush that, you know, like, yeah, you, I, I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to say no. like always be crushing, but just like, right. it's like having, having a success, having like a, and, and not, not everything that Yellowbird has done has been a success. So I'm kind of saying this with like, right. look, I, I've done this. I've gone into the places that we knew weren't going to be home runs, but we did it because it's more distribution. And that kind of seems like a good thing. It's not always a good thing. Like sometimes, right. sometimes, the, well, all the time, the best thing is to be successful where you are. And if, if you don't know, you know, like, if you get an opportunity to be in every Sprouts, well, use that opportunity to to be successful at Sprouts. And if you don't know how to do that, if you don't have the resources to do that, then say no to them. Yep. You know? Yeah. No. And I mean, the only thing I'll add, because, you know, we're going to, sorry, Armin, we're going to be a couple minutes late. The only thing I'll add is like, that is why, you know, it is the, it is the, I think, more sustainable and more likely to succeed way to build and it takes a little more time and a little more money on the front end, right? Like you can go and you can raise a gazillion dollars to go launch something in a gazillion places and it could hit, but it might not. And, you know, this way, I mean, this is how we did it too. It's, figuring out your people, figuring out your people here and then there and then more and then so on. And it's a, it's a little slower of a ramp up, but by the time you're in that stride, you really do know who you are, who your customer is, why they love you. You know, I, I sound like a broken record because I kind of say it almost every week, but it's just really obvious to me after doing this for almost four years, the, the companies that I've talked to that have done it that way um, are, you know, are really thriving um, or soaring to put it into bird speak. Let's put it, let's keep it in bird speak. It's just, I would just like all speak to be in bird speak. Um, Okay. Well, you well, should come work here then, because that is what we do exclusively. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, my daughter, her like emoji, like her like, I am thinking of you emoji, or like her any like I kind of need help emoji. She's twenty. Is like the chicken, like the little chick, like coming out of the egg. That's like our little code emoji for each other. And then every once in a while, it's a duck, but it's usually in the bird family. Um, I like that. Just not that anyone cares, but I thought I'd share. I care. Yeah, uh, thanks, George. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. Um, this was really fun. It was really fun learning about Yellowbird. I've seen it for so many years and doing a little bit of a deep dive into the whole story and you and Aaron is, has been really cool. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure and a delight. Awesome. Um, Armin, thank you as always for engineering. And, um, I have heard from a lot of people this past week. I think, um, 
there's been some really good guests on. So let's keep the streak going. And um, listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Share this so that other people can also launch their products and build their brands and save some money and not tear their hair out. Um, And I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.